0: hello everybody and welcome back yes back to another episode of the sideline guys my name is christopher negron and this week i'm joined by a very special guest he's familiar to the show already uh we're we're on our way you know what i'm saying i I feel like every week i'm doing a show with the goat himself damian Mm -hmm. adams thank you so much for joining me again this week how's it going man
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. Glad to be on the show. I'm a big fan of you guys, so the fact that I get to come on and talk with you guys and talk some football makes the week a little bit better, so I'm glad to do it. Heck yeah, man. Thank you. And I love the range
0: that we have, too, the amount of topics we can cover. I'm sure I'm going to throw some rapid-fire stuff in there just to keep you on your toes. A lot of stuff (laughs) happening in boxing this week. MMA, there's so much to talk about, man, so what a time to be alive, right?
1: For sure, for sure, and I, I love being kept on my toes, so I'm ready for it perfect perfect so let's start with the
0: standings as you know every week we give our picks uh so we're all about transparency here i'm not i'm not trying to bury Derek. you know why he's not here he can't <laughs> defend himself i'm just being honest right we got to give the transparency here so after last week um it was a real crazy week honestly i can't believe um we ended up where we were but i finished at 11 and 2 um, so I'm sitting at 82.53 and one, while Derek went nine and four, and he is sitting at 76.59 and one. Crazy week in the NFL. I still can't believe that I picked uh, the Jets over the Bills, and it worked out that way. So <laughs> feeling good, riding high off of that uh, big week for
1: sure. Oh man, now nah, that was a great pick for sure. That's a sniper one for sure. I went 11 and two as well with my picks but i got buffalo wrong in the other game i got wrong i picked the rams to beat tampa bay which they should have Mm -hmm. uh, but ah, the rams (laughs) the rams that was a hard game for me to pick too because i'm like both of
0: these o-lines are trash um so i thought i'm like eh bucks better defense right uh but yeah i agree man that game was so close it's kind of like a coin flip those games are always the worst to sort of miss out on um i got a question so you you called um the jags over the raiders as well
1: I did. I did. Oh, I definitely man. didn't like As 17 0 Raiders, I definitely didn't think <laughs> it was going to go my way on that one. But, you know, in classic Raiders fashion, they collapsed and they were able to come back in third and three podcasts. We got the under on that as our par. Our, we call it a par pay, but our parlay of the week, we put that on there as the 47 and a half. We got it by the hook. On that one, <laughs> literally,
0: under. that's yeah. so dope, man. That's so dope. um You love when when those things play out that way, and then you look at the final yeah. score and it's like, damn, if I would have went any earlier, it would have been the struggle bus for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, I think we don't usually go over last week's games too much in detail, but I thought it was only right since I have you on the show and both of our teams were playing that we talk about that Monday night game, man. So I just want to start by saying, I'm not trying to make this into a gloat fest, right? My Ravens (laughs) won, but I think it's important to highlight uh, what I thought was a lot of different moments in this game where you guys were literally a play away from really changing the way the fourth quarter went. Um, And a couple of missed passes too. Like I felt like if your primary receivers are healthy and in there, like it's a much closer game than that final score suggests, man. So what were your thoughts on the Monday night game?
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, our offense just missed a play here or there. There was a big touchdown to Callaway, where it seemed like either Callaway was supposed to flatten out the route, or maybe Dalton was supposed to throw it more to the corner in the end zone, and they had a miscommunication there. That was a big one. But honestly, our offense just left our defense out to dry. Uh, our defense played decent in this game. I know that the Ravens were able to convert a lot of their third downs. When you have Lamar Jackson, it's hard to stop those third down conversions. But our defense did a decent job, made you guys work for most of your scores. But our eventually, it got tired, right? Especially after Andy Dalton threw that bad interception where he got set to the line of scrimmage. It was like, eh, this is pretty much over now. Like, this, we're not going to be able to continue to stop this offense. So I felt like our defense played pretty decently, and they've been improving as the year went along. Uh, But our offense, man, I just don't get why we're still doing the anti-Dalton thing. Like, I don't understand. Andy Dalton is supposed to be the safe pick. He's supposed to be the guy you know is not going to lose you the game. But I was here in person in Phoenix when we lost on Thursday night, and he threw that game away. Last night, it was not all his fault, but I feel like Jameis sometimes, or Jameis would have made some of those plays, those close plays you're talking about. I think Jameis makes those plays that, that Dalton didn't, even though Jameis has the propensity maybe to turn the ball over. When you have him reined in, like we saw last year, to start last year, you can get a really good Jameis Winston. I feel like we can get that version of Jameis Winston back. So I don't understand why we're doing the Andy Dalton thing, but our defense played well just after a while they got tired playing against a physical team. Uh, Kenyon Drake killed it for my fantasy team. Uh, so they were, they were out there balling. But our our team just is really rough right now, but because our division so trash, there's still hope i love the optimism i love the but you know and and it
0: is so true man literally one win and you're right back at the top of that division uh so yeah the season's not over yet uh but i always feel a little weird about seasons like that right like you're right on the cusp and like it's like hey we can make the run but do i really do we really want to like can't we just go back down a little uh so i feel you yeah man i think the main takeaway for me for this one uh, and i got I gotta do it with you on the show, man. y'all yeah, must have forgot Calais Campbell's <laughs> dog, man. He's a dog. and I even underestimated what uh we didn't have while he was out. And I was sort of saying, you know, it, it's just about the young guys pulling together, but I think he really anchors that front four in a way that allows other guys to sort of play out of their comfort zone. And I think there was a lot of different times where we were able to do different things on on defense including sending Marcus Peters on blitzes and sending different guys at certain times disguising certain blitzes even uh that really let people like J- Justin Houston just eat uh so yeah, shout out to Calais man. Campbell man he didn't have the big numbers on the stat sheet uh but every time I was looking him and Roquan Smith were making plays um and seeing that new addition really come and. S- I single-handedly stopped Alvin Kamara in the first half like if it wasn't for him making plays you guys were um 100% driving down the field so uh, felt good to see the trade working out well and the defense look alive again right
1: yeah nah. your guys defenses definitely looked really really good Roquan Smith one thing that's really underrated in football and it's a big part of it but we don't talk about it enough is being a good tackler <laughs> and, and that's something that you saw Roquan Smith like he's a great tackler and with Alva, someone with Alvin Kamara in space he's making people miss all the time Roquan Smith right there to drag him down Clayus Campbell maybe he's not getting the sacks anymore because he's getting a little older but then boom he's getting right there he's tipping balls he's making things happen and he's you know he's a, a huge human being uh, I feel like his name is the, per, the most perfect name in the NFL for somebody his size Calais just sounds like a huge person. <laughs> so I feel like his name is perfect and he definitely played a huge game. Uh, so your defense is starting to look better and better. And I love that move of getting Roquan Smith.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. And and the point you made about tackling, man, I agree. Like, I feel like most of the time Kamara's able to get past those one defenders because it was literally yeah. that entire first drive It was one man to beat. And Roquan was able to make those plays and really sort of set the tone for us defensively. But, man, I don't hate on that final score. Like, I feel like this this game was a lot closer than the final score says it was. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Um, It it was a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah. Now, we were able to keep it competitive. But like I said, our offense just didn't do enough to really keep us in it.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it, it, I, I think you guys got bright spots, right? You can't really be too upset. You see the potential with guys like Olave, and being able to mix in Taysom Hill doing Taysom Hill things whenever you guys get a chance. um But I agree, man. What is the status? Would you mind explaining? Because I'm not exactly sure. Is are they just holding James back at this point, trying to prevent further inju- injury? What's the sort of status report there?
1: So, to my understanding, he's ready to go. Like he's been dressed and been the backup for the past couple of weeks now. And I feel like Dennis Allen is saying we're going to go with the safer quote unquote option in Andy Dalton, which I don't understand. Once you dress Jameis Winston, you say he's good enough to be the quarterback if someone else gets hurt. He should be the starter. Like there's no, because Taysom Hill is great in spurts, right? We had, he had one big throw in the game, but for him, he can't really read defenses and make the audibles like other quarterbacks can. He's an amazing athlete. He can throw the ball when you tell him where to throw the ball at, right? If you tell him, hey, this player is going to be open, throw it here, he can make that throw. But once he has to process and make decisions, that's when you see the worst will take some hills. So just have him do a throw every once in a while, but he's there to run people over and then do those <laughs> things. So I think Jameis should be the starter. I don't get what Dennis Allen's doing with that, but to my understanding, it's because Dennis Allen wants Andy Dalton to be the starter.
0: Yeah, that makes no sense, man. I felt the same way early on about the Mitch Trubisky-Kenny Pickett battle. And, of course, yeah. I mean, he's been getting dogged up because the offensive line is trash. But um, you just want to get that guy in there, right? Like, yeah. I get that it's the veteran safe pick, but, like, there's development that needs to happen. And you can't really do that when you're being forced on the sideline by someone who – like you said, might be the safe pick, but long term, that's not who you're going to be turning to anyway. So why not let LASIK Jameis cook? I agree. Um, And with the bright spots he showed last season, too, like you said, I don't know why they decided to not try to build on that for sure. But we'll see. Hopefully in the next couple couple weeks, uh, there's some developments on that end.
1: For sure. Hopefully. (laughs)
0: fingers crossed fingers crossed (laughs) next up uh it's only right that we get right into our week 10 prediction so i've got the doc all laid out i'm ready to rock and this week actually has some good matchups like we was looking at the matchups last week and you know, it's struggle city when like some of the best matchups we had was the Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Like that was one of the <laughs> ones that I pointed out. I was like, Hey, this is a sneaky, good matchup. And I'm like, yeah, this week kind of sucks. Um, when <laughs> that's what we got to look forward to. So there's, there's some bangers yeah. this week. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get to those, but let's start with, um, is this a London game? I think, no, this is the Thursday night game. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Between the Falcons at the Panthers. Um, P.J. Walker confirmed as the starter again after Baker Mayfield closed out the game in the second half. Um, I don't think that really affects my pick here, right? I'm going with the, with the Falcons. Um, the, these teams match up well, right? I think this should be a fun matchup. Um, but at the same time, um, I just feel bad for the Panthers, right? Like, I wanted them to do well I, ever since last season when they started 3-0. and Like, I kind of was on the on the bandwagon, right? I want to see this young defense blossom and uh now it's just a matter of sort of withstanding the storm um I'm gonna go with the Falcons here but I don't feel confident like there, there there is a lot of different paths to victories for the Panthers too uh what are your thoughts on this matchup
1: yeah I'm going with Atlanta as well uh, Carolina's offense oh my god it was so bad in the first half last week <laughs> uh I've made a joke that I was throwing close it to my laundry basket and I passed for more yards than PJ Walker did in the first half. Like it was, it was really, really bad, man. And the only reason I even watched some of it, because I have Joe Mixon, on my fancy team. So I was like, oh, you know, what's going on here? I kept getting notifications. So I was like, let me turn this on. But yeah, it was horrible. And Baker Mayfield, it was against, you know, second half, they were up by 35. Like you're playing against prevent defense and it, it doesn't really impress me. Uh, but I'm going with Atlanta because they're running game. They're really dynamic in that way. Cordell Patterson being back is huge for them. Uh, Marcus Mariota hasn't been good, but because he can also run, he's effective at being a being impactful. And I think that's gonna carry the day for Atlanta in this one. Atlanta 24, Carolina 17 in this one.
0: Ooh, I like it. You give me the pick too. We, we, we don't usually do uh, score picks <laughs> here. Uh, let me let me just write that down. So you said 20
1: 24 17, Atlanta.
0: 24, 17. You know what? I'm gonna do it too. Uh, give me, I'm gonna go a little crazy on this one. <clears throat> give me how what am I gonna do here? What am I gonna do here? Uh mm. ch- give me uh nah, I'm gonna go 3027. That's how close I'm going with this one. Oh uh, okay. so let's see, let's see. I I, I agree though. I kind of like watching Mariota. I think he's been sneaky fun to watch this year. Um I don't think it's a long-term play but he's he's not here for a long time he's here for a good time you know and I, I think eventually Ritter Ritter's gonna slot his way in but uh i i think this offense got a lot of potential i like watching this team even though they're not a good team um and jared grady's always balling out too so something to look out for on the defense. monster monster next up seahawks at the buccaneers this is this is when i got circled man this one is uh let me just double check this yeah this is a morning game i don't know if this is in london um no it's germany germany wow yeah is (laughs) it is is this the only other international location this year i have no clue
1: there's a mexico city game i believe between the i think raiders and cardinals i want to say
0: Mm, nice the elevation man they're trying to kill they're trying to kill folks over there (laughs) uh but yeah i'm interested to see how this one plays out super early in the morning Um, And I think this matchup is kind of like the worst time, in my opinion, for the Bucs to have to face this challenge, right? Like, they're going through their own issues on top of what is a team that is surprising a lot of folks. Like, I had them nowhere near the record they're at right now. And I think at some point, we're going to see a little bit of coming back to earth, right? But I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Yeah, I got to go Seattle in this one. Now, one thing that I did here that got, a, got me a little concerned about the pick is that Seattle's making the longest trip in NFL history from Seattle to Germany, and that, that travel could have an effect. Uh, but Tampa Bay, I don't think is good enough to even take advantage of, you know, a team that might be, you know, just dealing with some some jet lag in Seattle. So I'm gonna go Seattle 21 to 10.
0: Wow, I like that. Yeah, man, don't sleep on Seattle's offense in this matchup. I feel like there's, there's, there's some yeah. big play potential for sure. Um, uh, man, I, I really sadness hedge want to pick the Bucs here. <laughs> like, I was trying to talk myself <laughs> into it earlier. Um, but, yeah, the more I think about this matchup, uh, it got it, it's Seattle. With the way that the offensive line specifically has been playing, I feel like Seattle's corners don't get the credit that they deserve. Um, besides Tyreek Willen, uh, they're just doing really good things on, on both sides of the ball there. Um, so, yeah, man, give me the Seahawks. I'm going to go let me get 2417 we we have a little closer one here um okay. at some point tom brady has to cook right like even if you're having all these line issues um at some point they're going to figure this out i think and look a little better than they have recently but it's been struggle city in tampa for sure yes next up lions at the bears um bears coming off of that really close game with uh, Miami. I was actually really surprised um, when I was doing my red zone, uh, my red zone watch. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how the hell are they scoring this much? Like I I did not expect (laughs) them to be able to get things going. Justin Fields with the most uh, rushing yards for a QB ever. I think he finished with 171. Um, Coming up against the lions off of a big win against the Packers. Right. Um, I don't think those uh, that really means anything for their season. uh, But That's a game that nobody circled them to win right so um, they got some momentum there Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the the bears in this one, Um, I think the the running game and not being able to stop that is going to be an issue for the Lions. they're going to put up points. um, But I I just feel like the the bears I I don't know what it is, but i'm going to pick the bears in this one i'm going to go there's no way they end up in 35 points again so i'm going to go bears. Give me, give me a weird score, 17
1: to 10. Oh, okay. Surprisingly low-scoring game. Uh, I'm going to go Chicago as well, 27-23. I can see Justin Fields having another like coming-out party, but this time getting a victory. And Detroit's defense did good against Aaron Rodgers, but honestly it was Aaron Rodgers making mistakes. They get to the red zone. He's throwing horrible passes. So I think Justin Fields takes advantage of that defense big game for him so chicago 27 detroit 23 i think it's a good game
0: i like that you love a you love a low tier shootout right give 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 the fans something to be excited about right yeah (laughs) next up we got the browns at the dolphins um sneaky good game right um the reason why i feel that way is i think the browns the browns are in a position where if they figure these things out the next couple weeks they're still in the hunt right and mm-hmm. just keeping themselves in the hunt was the story this entire season right waiting for Deshaun to come back next week um I believe is the last week and then he'll be back for week 12 uh so we're almost there right we're, we're almost there yeah. but at the same time um I'm worried about this matchup because the the Dolphins are coming on um I don't understand though like what made the difference defensively that let the Bears go crazy like that. Like, that's something that I feel is a little more fluky. Um, But the path to victory is kind of similar for the Browns, right? Um, Obviously, they don't have a mobile quarterback in the same way, but having um, (laughs) probably the best uh, running back up to this point, uh, Nick Chubb, just going crazy. And then the option of having Kareem Hunt as well. Um, I like the Browns team. I like what they have to offer. And I'm still picking the Dolphins here. Uh, Give me the Dolphins in what I think should be a a fun game. Give me 32
1: to 24. Oh, yeah. I agree that this is low-key a very good game. Cleveland, I think, is underrated. And Miami is very, very good. And I think their offense, Cleveland's defense has been, honestly, their weak link this year, not the offense, which we thought was going to be. So because of that, I can see Tua continuing to cook and Tyreek Hill continuing his path to maybe having the greatest receiver season of all time. Uh, so I'm going to go Miami 24 to 20. I think it's a really good game. And I think that at the end, Tua and Tyree come through.
0: Nice. Nice. That sounds about right. Um, sorry, I, I, I like spaced on the score. You said 28?
1: 24-20.
0: 24-20. Sorry about that.
1: No, all no right. problem
0: next up we've got the broncos at the titans um i'm really really surprised by the titans man i was right in their eulogy coming into this season i'm like there's no way this team is going to be a first seed um like they were uh last year but it always gets to that point right uh derrick henry starts cooking and they, they start looking alive again but their issues as far as not uh not getting uh anything out of their receiver position really um unfortunately they've been plagued with a lot of injuries too so that factors into it um but at the same time the broncos team like i i will not for the rest of the season confidently ever pick the broncos like i I feel that (laughs) no matter who they are facing like i've seen such bad quarters out of them where it's like am i really gonna count on this like even then they might collapse so i don't know I, i i'm leaning towards the titans here especially at home uh, but I won't be surprised if Tannehill throws up some duds and the Broncos end up eking this one out too. So I'm gonna go give me 24 to 21.
1: you going 24-21 Titans? Yep. I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos in this one. I'm gonna go with Denver 17 to 16. That Denver defense is for real. That offense has been horrible this year, but that defense is for real, and I can see them shutting down Tennessee enough to so where their offense is able to squeak out a victory. So yeah, Denver 17-16. Spooky,
0: spooky. I like it. I like <laughs> it. um this this one right here. I'm hyped for, right? Cuz I think this is the the point at which these teams are meeting is really going to tell us a lot about their run so far. We we got the Vikings up against the Bills um in Buffalo. Uh obviously coming off of a tough one last week i think a big part of that something that i always think is important to mention in the last two years who are the teams that really beat the bills it's their division rivals right even if (laughs) even if it isn't um the teams that you think would right and just given the way the cornerbacks have been playing for the jets as well um sauce Gardner just going crazy on both ends i mean really defending everyone out there and literally at the end of every game making plays like he's someone that i'm consistently looking out for just because of how much of an impact he has let alone being a rookie just as a defensive player uh speaks to what he's been able to do this season um but anyway vikings at the bills um i don't know what it is man i i don't think i've ever been this unimpressed by (laughs) by a a seven and one team like am i crazy for feeling that way um even when like like the commanders game i that game should not have been that close of course i love me some heineke so um i celebrate when he's doing his thing out there but at the same time like i just feel like your offense is so good that you should never be in a position where you have to work from behind against teams like this like i think the, the commanders showed where they are as far as the the sort of tier that they're in right now um and man I just i i got this weird feeling like this team isn't for real right and that scares me in picking them especially against such a good team as the bills um but something that we were talking about in the real deal group is just how terrible josh allen has looked the last <laughs> couple of weeks and this yeah. is a this is something that we talk about on this show all the time like there's an annual Josh Allen's going to shit the bed for the next three weeks and it's coming. And we don't know at what point of the season it's coming, but when it's there, um, everyone notices. And yeah. I, I, I really can't put my finger on it either. Like, I don't feel like it's a confidence issue. He may be a little banged up. There was a couple times I saw him looking at his right hand, which is obviously his throwing arm. So you yeah. don't you don't want to see that as a fan. And they're still waiting on the injury uh, status update uh, for him for yeah. this week. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, And all of that sort of affects my pick, man. I really want to go with the Vikings here, uh, but I just can't. I can't trust them at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bills. I I keep putting 24 in here, so let me mix this up. I'm going to go Bills 2720.
1: Okay. Yeah, this one is tough because, like you said, Josh Allen, we don't know if the injury is for real. If he's out there, I'm taking Buffalo. I'm with you. I don't trust Minnesota. Their seven and one seems like the most fraudulent seven and one I've ever seen. I don't care how much jewelry you put on Kirk Cousins and have him dancing shirtless on a plane. <laughs> like, I'm still not trusting it. I'm going with Buffalo. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go Buffalo 24 to 17 in this one.
0: You like that? <laughs> Let's do it. Um, all right. All right. So next up, Texans at the Giants. About time Giants got an easy game on the schedule, right? <laughs> I swear, I That's feel like this team, team has been, yeah. I mean, getting upset wins, of course, early on in the season, yeah. but I just feel like they have played a lot of their toughest competition and got it behind them. So Um, There's no way you pick the Texans here, even though I sneaky like the Texans, man. I like Lovey um, and they always seem to surprise. Yeah, they definitely got talent. Damian Pierce is a dog. And I don't know, man. Sign that we talk about every week. I was this close early on in the year to upgrading davis mills from general mills to just the general (laughs) and now i I don't i can't make that jump just yet but i want to like i want to i want to love this team um and i feel like they're going to turn the corner within the next couple of years like i don't think we're so far away um but i don't think they come on top of this one i'm gonna go give me giants 21 to 14
1: yeah i think this is going to be a weird game i mentioned that talent that the texans have i think they're going to be able to keep this close and muck it up if you, you will brother
0: sorry about that uh, i don't know what's going on now? let's see that's what happens live production people this is, this is how we <laughs> going. we just got to keep it rolling it's all good you know it's all good <laughs> um uh, dayball needs to now? figure it out i don't know i don't know what's going on here i don't know what's the specifics um but we're going to – we here. Um, at this point, I'm just going to pause it. We'll be right back. So Texans, Giants, I already told you guys I'm going with the Giants. What are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: I think this one's going to be a weird game. I mentioned earlier how the Texans do have talent on that squad. And the Giants, they are a good team, but they tend to win close. That's what they do, they play good situational football. So I'm going with a weird score. I'm going Giants 18, Texans 13, a weird one.
0: I like it, I like it. You gotta shoot your shot, every week has one, right? Like every week has (laughs) one, so you might as well. I like it, I like it. Um, Next up, Jaguars at the Chiefs. Um, This is another team that I really wanted to do well this season, right? I, I, I was looking forward to seeing how they look under Doug Peterson. And I still think um, they haven't showed their true potential. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm still just a fan of the organization. I know that sounds weird. Um, but my reason <laughs> for being a fan is like not because they do things the right way at all. Um, just because I'm rooting for them to bounce back uh, from that terrible situation with that (laughs) fake coach that I'm not even going to name. We don't even drop the name on here because of the disgraceful shit that he did. Um, But yeah, there's no reason for me to feel that they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs, especially on the road. Uh, But the Chiefs didn't look too stellar against the Titans either. Uh, Give the Titans defense some credit there as well. Uh, But at the same time, so used to seeing them roll in whenever you see them struggle like that it's weird. Um I'm going to go with uh the Chiefs here. Give me give me 33 27.
1: Yeah, you got to go Kansas City in this one. Uh Jacksonville is a team I want to do uh, good as well. My quantum leap prediction this year was Trevor Lawrence and he has not made uh that quantum leap unfortunately, but I think maybe next year will be the year that he makes that leap. But this year it's not going to happen for them. So I got Kansas City beating Jacksonville. What was the score I had there? 27-13, Kansas City. Nice. Next
0: up, we got your Saints coming up against the Steelers. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you take the lead on this one. What's your
1: thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, the Steelers are really bad. My Saints aren't good, <laughs> but the Steelers are really bad. So I'm going to go with the Saints 17-13. to 17-13, I like it. Um... Yeah, that's another. That's
0: another one of my picks that looks absolutely terrible. I was saying that this uh, Steelers team might be a fringe uh, playoff team, and I was just so off about that. Let me just give you my rationale here, and let me know if I if this sounds crazy. But I legitimately thought that there was going to be some addition by subtraction by not having Big Ben out there. I thought he was that bad at QB, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, there's – I can't believe that they can't even get their running game going with such talent uh, like Najee, uh, just that that O-line is just terrible. Um, so I'm going to go – I'm going to go Saints as well. I'm trying to think – I'm trying to think out what's my score going to be here. I'm going to go 22-9. How about that?
1: to it okay yeah I definitely see that and as far as your rationale I can see that because Big Ben the last two years have been really bad and last year they snuck into the playoffs even with that so you're like okay you you know you substitute Big Ben out if they would have started with you know Kenny Pickett to start with I think that could have maybe helped them out but that offensive line is so bad Najee Harris is a monster but he can't do much if he's running against three people every time he touches the ball uh, so that's the big part of it. and T.J. Watt is so important to that defense and once he got hurt that defense kind of fell off. So I could see where you were going with that, but just bad luck really led them in a tough direction.
0: Hey, I'm not complaining, though. I love seeing <laughs> divisional teams in the mud, trust. I'm not mad <laughs> at all. But uh, looking back, I was like, man, every every team in this division might make the playoffs. And now I'm like, eesh, that, that, look, that yeah. looked pretty bad. Uh, but <laughs> next up, um, this another matchup that I feel um, is is at that point where it's like, this is interesting because of how bad it is, right? Uh the shit show game of the week. I'll put it that way. Uh we got the Colts uh being led at the helm by Jeff Saturday. Uh, Just a a clearly very accomplished coach, someone with a veteran (laughs) mind, ready to lead this team to victory. Um, And I love that the headlines coming into this week has been Jeff Saturday tweets about how bad the Raiders are this year, which is just hilarious, the narrative. Um, Obviously, all of that is parody. Uh, I don't get what's going on, uh, but I just love watching Jim Er Irsay try to explain shit like it was so bad. That press conference was if you hey hilarity ensued, please check out that (laughs) press conference because you legitimately can't believe the shit coming out of his mouth. Like it really felt like we were watching a Key and Peele skit or something like there's no way that you're you're serious about this in the way he's like, yeah, I was absolutely shocked that they called me for the job. And I'm like, hey, I would have been too. shit um all of that being said this is another team both of these teams that i really can't believe that they're in the mud the way that they are mm-hmm. um I, I came into this very confident that i was going to pick the raiders and i still don't feel good about it right like i yeah. i feel like they could be up and then just shit the bed again um they're a first half team and the Colts are a no half team at the moment. I just wanna say something that has been sneaky good about the Colts is their receivers, like shout out Paris Campbell doing his damn thing. And if they didn't have a couple injuries too, I feel like they could have done a little bit more on that side of the ball. But again, um, just two teams that I can't believe this is the state of the situation. I'm gonna go uh, Raiders and my score here is gonna be wonky. I'm gonna go uh, 17 to nine.
1: Okay. Yeah, I see a wonky score as well. I'm gonna go Colts, though, just because I don't trust the Raiders at all. And the Colts do have a good defense. uh, So I'm gonna go Colts 13 to 12.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Uh, These these random scores. It's so fun because I'm like, right before i say them i'm like is that even possible like that's what i keep going. <laughs> i'm like 17 32 I'm like let me stay with what i know is real but yeah. uh yeah throw a safety in there and we're in business we, we could end up with any score <laughs> so uh next up cardinals at the rams i feel like last year when i was watching this matchup right i'm like this is gonna be a divisional rivalry for the many next couple seasons to come like this is gonna be yeah. A, a key series you got to pay attention to and now um i'm looking like an idiot for saying that um i i think the biggest issue for the rams and once again it's easy to sort of monday monday night quarterback the situation right but i think having to go fire sale and go the Allen Robinson route after not being able to get back vaughn I feel like really put them in a weird spot because imagine if they had Vaughn. Like he's doing so well um in Buffalo. Yeah. I feel like he could have added a lot to that team and really gave them a solid uh one-third of a of an NFL team, right? Like you need yeah. one-third of a good team if you try if you're trying to make the playoffs. And with all of their offensive line issues this season, um, honestly, man, it's just it's sad. It's sad to watch. This is another team that I'm like, man. I know the Super Bowl Super Bowl hangover is bad, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad, especially with the splashes that they made in the offseason. Um this is a this is a weird matchup, right? Because Cardinals suck too. Like I, I can't <laughs> act like they're good either. Um and and I felt like they were on their way to being a a real contender in that division. So, very strange stuff here. Um just I I guess I'm picking the Rams cuz they're at home. I guess um let me go 20 to 11.
1: Oh, yeah, I I can see this game having something weird like that as well. The Cardinals, I did see. uh, That was my prediction for like my quantum fall team. I did see the Cardinals falling off this year. I did not see the Rams coming. I did not think it was going to be this bad. I definitely, I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl. I was like, they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be, you know, competitive. But I thought that they would just have a a little bit of a step back from last year without Odell Beckham and O-line taking a hit. But I, the old line didn't just take a hit. Like, they took an uppercut to the chin off a great counterpunch and were knocked out. Like, it was <laughs> – they that offensive line is not the same at all, and you see it every game. And the confidence in the offense is gone. Uh, last week against Tampa Bay, everybody's going to concentrate on that last drive, Tom Brady being the GOAT and bringing the team back and having the game winning drive. But before that, the Rams needed one first down. One first down. They win the game, and they just like, we're just going to run the ball. We're not going to try to do anything. We're just going to give it back to the defense. We don't trust this offense at all. And this is what happens when you do that. Your defense is like, dang, can you give us a break? Can we get some water real quick? Can we hydrate on the the sideline before you throw us back out there? And no, you didn't get a chance to do anything. You throw it back out there, and Tom Brady gets the game winning drive. Uh, But with all that being said, I don't trust Cardinals either. So I'm going Rams uh, 14 to 10
0: nice nice a real yeah. low scoring affair here yeah um, yeah that's how they have to win at this stage right it's it sucks man uh i agree i feel like i it's not that i didn't see the cardinals being this bad i just was like last year i was like man this is this this is it right this is yeah. this is going to be an important series and now look at it man tough tough times that's how quick the the, the landscape could change though for real for sure. every year um there's so many things that you can't account for and shit, our our pick records this year speaks to that. Both of us um, are wow. at a, a worse record than we were last year at this point of the season. Uh, so I'm looking to yeah. keep uh, getting these picks right, right? That's what we're here for. Um, next up, Cowboys at the Packers. Um, this is real easy for me, right? This is yeah. real easy for me. I'm going <laughs> Cowboys twenty-one to seven.
1: Ooh. Uh, I'm going 28-17. I think that they squeeze out some more points, but still Dallas pretty easily. Yeah, man.
0: I I, I wasn't all in on the Aaron Rodgers hate, uh, but I feel like hearing you talk about the tantrums and everything, like you, you you convinced me. Like this team is dead. Um, I kept trying to pump life into them all the time I'm like, the division's bad, it's just the Vikings, but uh yeah, they're they're not getting out that hole for sure. Um, I like it. Next pick chargers at the niners this is also a fun game the bosa it bash is. the bosa bash um <laughs> even though of course uh injuries are fucking that up a little bit um yeah. what do i what do i where do i even start here i i don't trust the Chargers either like let's let's get that yeah. let's come clean right but <laughs> i have austin eclo on my fantasy team so this is a team that i pay attention to regularly right mm-hmm. um I don't know what the situation is with Justin Herbert. I feel like he's not fully healthy yet. Um, the only reason I feel that way is just because I feel like the there's been a big shift in their offense after he had that rib injury. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't mind it, right? Your, your, your running back is on a historic tear. You keep going to him, right? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I just feel like there's been so many – I mean, Keenan Allen being out is also a big factor too. But I just feel like having um, – An offense where you're dinking and diamond and making big yardage plays because you have that kind of back Um, But that wasn't the offense we were expecting coming into the season from this team Um, Sort of dealing working with what they have to deal with Um, But I really like what I saw of the Niners man I think Christian McCaffrey adds a lot to that offense Uh, I really Mm -hmm. like the fit something that we talked about on your show Um, But I still don't trust them either right like these are both Mm -hmm. teams where like they yeah. can easily catch an L any week. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like at, at the state at which they're in, Jimmy G is always uh, another guy that we're sort of waiting to see when he's going to take a hard drop off the cliff and remind us why yeah. there's a page on Twitter that's dedicated to um, drawing a picture of Jimmy G every day until he gets traded. Um, and it's day, I think, 240 or something like that right now. So there's Hilarious. a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the fact that he hasn't got traded and they are doing that is actually pretty funny that like they redo like uh, movie posters and all kinds of stuff. It's it's great. Check it out. Um, But I say all that to say I'm going with uh, the Niners here, but I don't like it. Uh, Give me the Niners. Um, Do I go high? Yeah, give me the Niners 28 to 21.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. The uh chargers run defense still isn't good and if the 49ers can do one thing is it we run that rock uh and because of that i'm gonna go san francisco 27 20. nice
0: nice Niners and now our monday night game commanders at the eagles um i i think the eagles stay undefeated here um mm-hmm. But divisional games are always weird, right? I, I feel like yeah. that's an asterisk you have to throw in there. Um, and they looked, looked to be pretty competent, even though the, the Vikings were also in the bed last week. Um, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I would never pick against the Eagles here. Shout out Derek. Um, I think Eagles, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go big on this one. Give me 37
1: to 24. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Eagles as well, 27-14. to Like you said, divisional rivalry could be tricky, but the Eagles are just a much better team.
0: For sure, man, for sure. And that's all we've got for Week 10. Dude. Um, that was a, that was a whirlwind. Like I said, I never felt more <laughs> unconfident in what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm giving these numbers out. I'm like, what? What <laughs> does, does the math? The math ain't mathing, folks. Uh, but yeah, I like it. You gotta mix mix things up every now and then. And I appreciate that that challenge you gave me this week. Uh, but speaking of challenges, I gotta I gotta start you off. There, there's no heads up on this. There's no rundown. How did okay. you feel about the Dmitry Bivol versus Gilbert, Gilbert Ramirez fights? Sort of though. There was big hype coming in i was one that got sucked in uh what were your thoughts on that one
1: it it didn't live up to a hype as far as being competitive right because after like the fourth round Vival took control and Zerdo had no answer for him and i was surprised that Zerdo didn't have something for him right because Zerdo coming in is a much bigger guy honestly probably should be a cruiserweight like he's that big of a frame and you're thinking that he's going to try to bully Bavall and try to muck it up and make this an ugly fight. And first, second of the first round, Bavall came out in the center of the ring and walked forward. And at that moment, I was like, Zerto not winning this fight. <laughs> at that moment, he stepped in the middle of that ring and walked forward. And Zerto was backing up, trying to jab. I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, come on, Zerto. <laughs> like, your chance in this fight was to march forward and try to bully and beat down Bavall and make it to where Bavall had to brawl to get out of it. But you let Bavall be the boxer. And when there's not too many people that I can think of who can box on that level with Bavall, especially not in that division. So when you let him be the one that's initiating the action, you have no shot. You have no shot. And Zerto had no shot. And Zerto's resume, even though he was 44 and 0, was like, it was a light 44-0, right? He didn't have the biggest names there, but I still thought he was gonna make it a fight and he didn't do that. So I was disappointed in Zerto, but I wasn't impressed in Baval. and Baval just continues to show like his very disciplined style. Like my that's what was my main reaction. You can tell if a fighter is disciplined or undisciplined by what they do in the ring. And like a fighter like Adrian Broner, for example, very undisciplined outside the ring. And eventually I caught up to him in the ring. Baval is very, very, very disciplined. And you see that in the ring in his style he's not going to make mistakes. You're going to have to beat him. He's not going to beat himself. And that's what you saw. Zerto was trying to wait for the mistake to happen. That's not going to happen. You have to force it on Baval. And he didn't do that.
0: Yeah, man. I couldn't agree with you more. That was my, that was exactly what I said to Courtney when I was on his show, man. I'm like, the only way that Zerto makes this a, a, a fight is if he's mm-hmm. willing to take two to give one and really get in yeah. his face. Um, and I agree, man. I think, I don't want to shit on Zerto too much because I think this this fight really spoke more so to me about how good Bivol is. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously the 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 casuals got woken up with the fight against Canelo, but at the same time, I feel like I didn't expect him to be able to a like you said pressure Zerto early, put him on the back foot, land big combinations, and yeah. then step and then step his foot off the gas. Like it's kind of a mind fuck, right? Like you see someone mm-hmm. come out that hard, show that they can do it. And then it's like, all right, well, now, you know, I can, let's see what you try to do after that. Um, mm. And I think there was no, uh, a Damian Adamsism. there was no counters to the counters. When, once you started yeah. making those adjustments, um, <laughs> there was nothing he could do. And I'm I'm a big fan of Bival. I think the commentators got it right on this part and saying that he is 100% up there on the pound for pound discussion. Um, my only issue is obviously the Better BF fight is the one, right? It's the one yeah. we need. But besides that, what is there, right? Like, I feel like there's nothing big besides that fight. And given how boxing is, um, I got this stinking suspicion it might take a little longer than we think to make that fight. Um, obviously, Caleb yeah. Plant looking good, but he just got booked as well. So, um, who would you think, besides Better BF, could be a potential opponent for Bival? And uh, wh- where does this division go from here?
1: So, better BF, I believe, is fighting Anthony Yard at the beginning of next year. So, I think that's going to postpone the better BF-Baval. Just the timing of it, along with, like you talked about, the politics of boxing. I think that's going to happen at the earliest, late next year. Uh, So, Baval, there's a lot of money to be made in a Canelo rematch. So, I think that's what's going to happen. Canelo's going to want a chance to try to redeem himself. But, honestly, if I'm Canelo's team... I'm not telling him to his face that he can't do it, but I'm just like whispering it like, hey, you know, maybe you just want to take on some other guys at 168. Maybe you, <laughs> you want to go down to 160 and become undisputed at middleweight. Maybe you want to take on that challenge. But 175 is a little different, especially against guys like Baval and Better BF. Uh, so hopefully we see Baval, Better BF. Another fight is maybe uh Joshua Boxy. It's another one that's out there. I know that Eddie Hearn was trying to get Boxy for this fight, but it was the mandatory was made by WBA for Zerto, which I'm glad Zerto finally got a shot because he's been calling out champions for a long time. But Joshua Batsy is another one that's out there that could be a really good fight there. uh Light heavyweight really doesn't have that many. Maybe if uh, he's only been in division for a little bit, but since he moved up from 168, he's been looking really, really good. Kaelum Smith, like he moved to 175 and has been knocking people out, like out cold. Um, So if you... Maybe he needs another fight or two to really prove that he deserves it, but he's somebody who can be throwing that conversation because he's a former champion at 168 and has been looking dynamite at 175. So I think Kaitlin Smith, Batsi, uh, and Better BF are the main three at 175, but I could see the Canelo rematch being the first one that Baval gets made for next year.
0: For sure. And given mm-hmm. everything you just said right now, just instantly made me sad because I'm like, damn, you're right he's gonna lose triple g's gonna lose again isn't he (laughs) and and i want him to win uh but of course you can't you definitely can't make that pick at this stage of their both of their careers and coming off of a loss like that too so um definitely definitely makes sense for the landscape of that division but i'm so pumped to see that better be a fight i was there uh for the fight against um why am i i'm terrible i just was it marcus brown no 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 um where he you you where he got the belts recently against? Oh, uh, Joe Smith. Yes, thank you, thank you. I was yeah. struggling right there. <laughs> uh, but if you're ever in New York, you guys, and you can check out the Hulu Theater, man. There's not a bad seat in that arena. Legit, like okay. er- every it was it was dope watching that fight live. And just seeing the power, man, like it it's sneaky power, right? He's not someone yeah. that is overextending and looks like he's grunting into these punches. It's real silky smooth, but when he lands, you see it's devastating. So I don't think necessarily that that's going to be the story of the Bivol fight when they do meet. Um, mm. I think it's really going to be about whether or not he can keep up with the output and put himself in a position to land. Um, and I don't even know how that will work. Like, I, I feel like at this point, um, I'm pretty confident in writing out picking Baval blindly for the next couple of fights um yeah. but we're gonna see man i thought something that i took umbrage with though from the commentary from the zerto ramirez fight early on in this fight i don't know whose team they was on but they were trying to make it seem like this was a close fight in the early half <laughs> and i'm like well, i don't know what the hell y'all are watching uh but it's very clear that at this yeah. point not only is Gabrotto shook um but he's getting boxed up on the back end too so like when yeah. you're as someone that has trained, if you're getting walked down and then you can't come forward either, it's like, bro, like, yeah. why are we even here, yeah. bro? Like, you got it. Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing right now? So uh, definitely um, shout out to Roberto to Ramirez. I think he's going to bounce back and do something with his career. Like, I don't think this is the last yeah. we're going to hear of him. Um, but I, really, shout out to, to Bivol. I think he showed his greatness for sure. Now, yeah, there's this. Monster. Dude, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset, right? Because. <laughs> It was pretty obvious the way this was all going to shake out, right? It's old news at this point um, that Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence are not going to be lined up to fight because uh, Terrence Crawford signed with BLK Prime uh, to fight Avenisian. Now, coming off of the situation with Top Rank, right, it kind of makes sense. You're suing your old promoter for racism. You're in a sour spot you would think you're trying to find your way to the bread, right? And I respect that. At this point of your career, you should be doing that. At any point of your career, that's your primary motive. But this to me screams like, a going out of business party right like th- this is a, i don't i don't see BOK prime becoming a player in the landscape yeah. of boxing i think this is some rich dude had some money to spend and they're praying that they make it back and i don't think yeah. they will um if you're paying big money for this matchup specifically um i don't know where you think you're getting that money back from and the fact yeah. that uh there was this big fuss in the media about the negotiations and how there was an offer given to both Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford that was not guaranteed for either of them. When I'm hearing this, I'm like, well, it makes sense why I didn't get done, right? That's the first part of it. But the second part of it is like, I feel genuinely that we're so far away from this fight now, not just because of um Terrence Crawford having a matchup, but because of Arrow Spence's physiology. Like I don't I don't think he can continue to make 147. Um I was surprised he even made he even made the jump back after his accident to 147, yeah. uh considering how serious that was. Um what are your thoughts on the way this whole thing unfolded and like what's the plan here? Cause I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I don't know honestly what's happening there. And I keep saying that I understand the boxers looking out for themselves because you have to look out for yourself in this sport. That's so dangerous. You have to look out for yourself and making that money. But when it comes to the promoters, the platforms, they should be looking out for the sport. They should want the sport to thrive. And when you're not making these fights happen, because you can't agree on what platform is going to be on. You can't agree on being transparent with the fees. You can't guarantee a set amount of money for Errol Spence versus Chance Crawford. It's I, this is could be one two pound for pound rankings right here. You can't guarantee a fee like that's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me they couldn't guarantee that and make that happen. And it seems like there's just something there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about as far as maybe Al Hyman having something against Terrence Crawford. Because when it came to Canelo Alvarez and trying to get him to sign and go against uh Jamar Charlo and David Benavidez hundred million they had somewhere in the stash ready to go (laughs) so they had that money ready to go for that situation guaranteed but in this situation they didn't for one fight it's it's crazy to me that it wasn't able to do that so hopefully we get it next year it seems like they do want to fight each other right now i've been you know making my jokes about how boxing's turned into the real housewives of the square circle and (laughs) and that's what we're getting we're getting more and more fighters going back and forth on twitter and back and forth on social media instead of going in the ring. Uh, So hopefully we get that. But to your point about BLK Prime, it's sounding real (laughs) trillerish. Like You're getting a lot of those vibes where you're like, I wish them luck. But Terrence Crawford is a big sign, right? But to make money off of him, you got to get him against a good matchup. No disrespect to Avenesian, Good fighter, right? Has a really good streak going, has been performing well lately. And normally, if this was a fight on ESPN, I'd be happy to see it. Like, okay, this is a good fight. This is a decent fight to see on ESPN, to see on the zone, wherever. On pay-per-view, now this one, I think BLK is charging like $39. So I'm going to pay for it because uh, I'm a boxing head. So I'm going to pay for it. But other people are not going to pay for this. Like, you're going to have me and like three other people <laughs> paying to see this fight. <laughs> it's, it's not enough to make your money back. Uh, so I'm with you. I don't understand what's going on there. I think they guarantee him 10000000 million. You're not making that That's back. That's crazy. Yeah, you're not making that back. On pay per view, especially at forty dollars a pop, you're not making that back. And they signed Adrian Broner as well. We just talked about him, how undisciplined he is, and how he's at you know just this weird stage of his career to a three fight deal. And you're just kind of banking on him being popular. He doesn't have that anymore. Like that, that's out the window. Where you're like, oh Adrian Broner, I'm sign me up. I'm gonna watch. That's out of the window. So I don't know what they're trying to do. And I, the BLK, I, I guess that stands for Black Prime. And you're trying to get, I guess, all the black fighters. But you got to expand beyond that. You got to expand beyond that to be successful. And it's just not going to happen in that way. So hopefully we get it next year. I think that I don't think either fighter was ducking each other. I truly think it was the promoters and the platforms making this not happen. Get these guys guaranteed money because they deserve it for this type of fight. Because, you know, Errol Spence can sell, right? We saw that with him against Mike Garcia, him against Sean Porter him against Danny Garcia. We've seen him do that. Terence Crawford is a big enough name where you put those two together, you know you have a fight that can get you probably 300000 $400,000 pay per view sales, and you can make a bunch of money at the gate, because that's a type of fight that someone like you, someone like me, would travel to go see. So that's something that you want to, like, I'm, you can hear my frustration, man. I'm getting mad. Like, just hopefully they can make the fight happen. Uh, but BLK Prime, I just don't get what they're trying to do. And, but I, my whole dream is that there's somebody who comes in who has, it has, it'll take a dumb amount of money, but somebody comes in and buys out all the rights to top rank, all the rights to the zone, all the rights to Showtime, and puts it all together under one. You just have like a boxing channel. The way UFC is on ESPN, you just have a boxing channel. And now there's no more, oh, well, we can't make Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis because Showtime wants the rights and the zone wants the rights, and we don't, we can't decide to come in between. Now you just, everybody's under one umbrella, you have one commissioner, and you make it happen. If there's some super rich guy out there, or a woman, some are super rich person who can make this happen, you hear me speaking, let's make that happen. I could be a consultant, all right? <laughs> pay the man pay the man we gotta we gotta get some
0: real deal fight sign that's what we need 100 100 you get the investors we'll get we'll get the answers for you so there was a couple names that you mentioned uh that ended up lining up for a fight coming up too so i got listen i got a lot of fights here i'm asking for a lot but i got six fights okay we're gonna rapid fire our thoughts on this so i'll start off with this first one and then we'll throw back and forth um the first one just got signed just officially got announced. Uh, Caleb Plant going up against David Benavidez. Hell of a matchup. Mm-hmm. Hell of it a is. matchup. Um, I don't think Plant gets enough credit, especially coming off of a big win the way he did. Um man, that was filthy. Like yeah, I heard yeah, people upset. I heard people upset about that celebration. I'm gonna be real, I'm all for it. Like, I'm here for yeah.
1: it. I, I don't care. No, Anthony Durrell brought that on himself. He was talking all this trash, how you know a white dude was never gonna be him and all this stuff. So Caleb Plant had every right to dig the shovel into the ground and throw the dirt on him. He had every right to do that. A thousand percent. <laughs> I agree. And it was cool yeah. to see, obviously, his brother
0: not affected after seeing his brother get crushed in that way and still coming away with the win the next week. But all that yeah. being said, um, I think this is a sneaky good matchup. And I yeah. think I think this is going to give us a lot of answers about where David Benavidez really is. Um, I think this is going to be a firefight, man. And I think we're going to find out that David Benavidez's defense isn't where it needs to be to be at that upper echelon at the division. I don't think yeah. that's going to be enough to lose the fight, uh, but I think I think it's going to be a hell of a exciting one. I'm going to go with uh, David Benavidez's round, ninth round knockout. Uh, so what's your thought on that matchup? What's your prediction? Yeah, we're
1: on the same page. I think it's a great fight while it lasts, but Benavidez is so big, so powerful. I think eventually he's able to break down Caleb Plant. But you're going to see the weaknesses for Benavidez. You're going to see Caleb Plant hit him a lot. But Benavidez is, honestly, him at 168 is kind of unfair. Like, he's truly, he, he, he probably should be at 200. Like, he's a big dude. Uh, so because he is such a big guy, I can see him eventually walking him down. I'm going to go 10th round KO for Benavidez.
0: I like that. I like that. 10th round KO. All right, mm-hmm. next up. I'm I'm digging deep in the bag for this one, so okay. uh, get ready. Uh, November twenty-six, Carson, California, Regis Progre. Coming up against Mm. Jose Cepeda, Uh, this is obviously a big matchup. Cepeda coming off of a lot of action fights. This is somebody that you want to make sure you're tuning in for. Regis Prograde on that same level. Um, I think this is really a showcase fight for Prograde. I love me. I love me some Regis Prograde, man. I think uh, Mm. this is going to be an all-action fight. You got to tune in for it. Uh, But at the same time, I think they picked this opponent for a real good reason. Give me a six-round knockout for Regis Prograde.
1: Oh, six round knockout. I'm gonna go a little later. I'm gonna say eighth round for Regis Progray. Uh he's the one guy in boxing who I, you know, I'm rooting actively rooting for from New Orleans. Took the time to be on my little podcast a couple years ago. So Regis Progray, I'm always rooting for him. I think he does come through in this one, and eventually he'll get back to the top of 140 pound 140 pound division. Dude, that is
0: so dope. I did not know that. That is so cool. <laughs> I gotta check that out. That's dope, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah both got the same pick on that one um this next one was actually a fantasy matchup that you and i talked about on your show uh the real deal um <laughs> so this is i want to make sure i get this right right because i always mess this up jermel charlo coming up against mm-hmm. tim zoo um i think this is just sort of a next man up situation yeah. at the, in this division um i yeah. like that he's getting to step up do i think he's ready for it not really um yeah I think I think he's going to be in trouble at some point in this fight, uh, but I think it ends up going the distance. I'm going Charlo by decision.
1: Ooh. Uh, Tim Zoo definitely is a tough opponent, but Jamel Charlo, like you said, the veteran, the guy who has been in these firefights, knows how to handle himself. Zhu is new to this level. So I'm going to go Charlo, and I think Charlo does get him out of there. I'm going to say Charlo 11th round knockout. Nice. I like that he's good for a late knockout for sure
0: yeah uh, so that, that that one makes sense um this one is a fight that does not make sense that shouldn't have gotten signed uh but it's happening right so we just got to accept it tyson fury versus derek Tajor. what is this oh the, the fourth time what is this how many times third, is that third time
1: yeah <laughs> so crazy
0: uh, i yeah I, I can't believe it i can't believe someone was like that's the fight we need um tyson fury makes it look easy give me tyson fury seventh round knockout
1: yeah, i'm gonna go tyson fury fourth round
0: Wow. I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. He has been coming out more aggressive. So that makes a lot of sense yeah. there too. The next matchup, one that I'm personally super excited for, right? This is a trilogy. Juan Francisco Estrada defending his title against Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. My One of my favorite fighters of all time, not because he immediately stood out, right? Not because he was this uh, juggernaut on his way up, just because... It's so hard to have a career like that at the lighter weight classes, to stay relevant for that long as a champion, as a pound-for-pound great, and then late in your career still serving as this big test and having big rivalries in one of the most action-packed divisions. Uh, Chocolatito is my dude. Um, But I'm sadness hedging here, man. Give me me Juan Francisco Estrada, probably probably a late-round finish. I'll go round 11.
1: I'm gonna go Estrada by decision I think as a firefight where they get to finish it off but shout out to Chocolatito man I thought he was done after he lost to uh Sir Rungvisai I thought he was gonna be pretty much done but he was able to like you said reinvent himself and come back and still be very very competitive in this division but I think it's time now where you are gonna see Estrada and then like you know Bam and the other ones come up now in this division Heck yeah, man. I'm I was surprised
0: that Sarang Vasai sort of went out the way he did too. I I always thought yeah. he was primed for a big run. I mean, hey, those Taijus that eat rats, they just built different. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then so the final true. matchup, the final matchup I wanted to get your thoughts on. This one's way farther down the line, but I think it's worth it. Uh Teofimo versus Jose Pedrazo. Uh, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, it's actually about to say not that far down the line now. December 10th. Uh that was coming up. Uh, and I think that teofimo lopez is going to take care of business and beat pedraza i could see him getting a knockout eighth ninth round i think that he'll be able to pressure him and it'll be kind of uh similar to when tank davis went against pedraza i could see him that same type of knockout that same type of fashion Pedraza is really good very good boxer sharp puncher uh, but he doesn't have the power to try to stop TeFima lopez from coming forward and even at 140 i think Tefima lopez's power will generate to that weight class and translate to that weight class and he'll be able to eventually just walk down pedraza
0: for sure man i love that pick i actually was watching uh his last fight against comey again the other day and i feel mm. like he lost a step there too like i i watching back on that fight that that fight was closer than he gets credit for too um mm. and i and i'm I, i'm a reekin i th- this i got all <laughs> the love for pedraza i don't want him to lose this fight uh but at the same time i agree you'd be silly to pick otherwise i'm gonna go teal by decision um I think early on, this is going to be a close fight. And then as the fight goes on, uh Tio's really going to separate himself. But I don't I don't know if he gets him out just yet at this weight class, um, but okay. we'll see. We'll see. I'm a big fan, though, of of Tio. And honestly, I was shocked that he was forced to move up the way he did at that point. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to see uh, how he looks in that weight class later on down the line. So before we get out of here. Is there anything else in boxing that you're looking forward to that I missed out on that I didn't touch on here uh, with the little <laughs> smorgasbord I threw together?
1: Uh, nah, you did a great job of covering what's coming up. I'm just looking forward to seeing what's announced later on. Uh, I know that Ryan Garcia and Tank agreed, quote unquote, on <laughs> doing something, and you know ask De La Hoya came out and said his own to zone and Showtime to be able to agree on what platform to put it on so and i feel like that should be easy i feel like if you put it on showtime put it on pay-per-view on showtime and then showtime just has to pay the zone some type of fee like whatever that fee is and make it work out so we can see that one i would love to see that fight that's a very very interesting fight very interesting fight if it does happen uh, and finally see tank against somebody who you're like okay maybe this is a fight where tank could be in some type of danger we haven't seen that in quite a while uh, for javante davis uh, but outside of that i'm just looking forward to seeing what actually happens and hopefully they take the women's lead, right? I've been saying that the women have been making the fights happen, right? We got Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall and Alicia Bumgarner versus Michaela Mayer on the same night, on the same card. That's some UFC type stuff. And we got that in boxing (laughs) because the women made it happen. So I just hope the men can take from that and make these fights happen because eventually you're going to start losing. You're already losing casual fans of UFC. You're going to start losing the diehards like myself, like you, because you're not making these fights happen. And when you start losing us, the sport's going to die off eventually
0: for sure, man. I feel like it's so strange. I feel like the, the, the history of boxing, there's so much more like, it's a different crowd. Like you go to a UFC card and I'm going to admit, I stick out in a UFC card and I'm barely noticeable that I'm Puerto Rican. I'm white passing. That's how many, respectfully, there is a huge lack of minority presence in MMA fandom at the moment. And to see like, I feel like what's keeping boxing is alive is the old Spanish heads. And I bring this up too, because recently <laughs> I was in, um, I, I was at the mechanics and, you know, something always goes wrong. So you got to get, you got to get your tune-ups and all, everyone that works in the, the mechanic I go to is Mexican. I love my dogs. Uh, please shout out to the, <laughs> shout out to the, shout out to the boys. Go over there to um third Ave and get yourself a tune-up right there by uh, the hospital. But um, while I was there, they were talking about how collectively they all bet over over a grand on benavidez i'm like man y'all, y'all are just i mean ramirez sorry not benavidez sorry on gilberto ramirez and i'm like man y'all are ride to die y'all don't give a fuck like we just pulling these triggers like it just it don't matter who it is as long as we got that love we showing up and um i think that's what's keeping boxing alive at the moment i agree wholeheartedly man and there was something else you said that i wanted to touch on um when it comes to that tank versus ryan garcia fight i'm a fan of like you said we need to get these matchups done asap uh you see ryan garcia talking shit to, to jake paul i'm like please don't go down this route this is not the route we, we already saw the video which i throwing punches and joking around with each other and now we got beef come on bro we, yeah. we smell the setup coming uh yeah. but at the same time i feel like javante davis doesn't get enough credit for his boxing skills and i feel like yeah. in that matchup um everyone's gonna be talking about Tank's power, but I think I think the boxing skills is what really gets it done for him in that matchup and really uh, picks apart uh, Ryan Garcia at range despite being the smaller guy. So something to look out for if that matchup does end up getting put together, um, dude. Thank you so much. This is a whirlwind, right? We went yeah. full week ten and then went deep into boxing uh not many people could go as deep as we just did so i appreciate that uh please let the people know where they could find you for all your analysis on so many dope sports
1: uh thank you so much for having me on man i always appreciate the love and you know that's reciprocated as well to both you and derek for sure uh you can find me on social media at the real deal wda that's on all social media platforms i'm usually dropping some type of content each and every day it's a video it's a, a post something That keep you going as far as with the sports. It could be a recap of a basketball game. It could be my analysis on a boxing match. Whatever, football, you're getting something. So I'm a good follow. Go ahead and check me out. My podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. On that podcast, talk NFL, NBA, and boxing. Uh, My man Chris has become a regular on The Real Deal with Damian Adams. He'll probably be back for week 12. We try to do our three-quarter-ish review of the NFL season. I'll get him back on in if our schedules line up to do that. Uh, My other podcast is Third third and Three Podcast. That's live on Facebook every Wednesday night. I do along with Nikki Jess and Jason Fearman That's a football podcast. It's done on Wednesday. So that one primarily is previewing the following week coming up. And we do a great job of doing that. A lot of laughs, a lot of knowledge dropped in that one. And I do two for GSMC. So Golden State Media Concepts. I do the GSMC Boxing Podcast and the GSMC Basketball Podcast as well. So the way I always say it, the way to keep your cholesterol low and to stay healthy stay looking young listen to my podcast that's how you do it it's about the three p's the peloton the pilates and the podcast all right so if you listen to my podcast you listen to the sideline guys you listen to mma archive you'll stay young you'll stay stress-free and you'll live a long time so go ahead and do that for yourself All right. <laughs> Man,
0: fuck Jeff Saturday. We need Damian Adams in these sidelines, man. I'm ready to run through a wall, bro. I love it. Uh, the alliteration. He just always delivers, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was a dope show, a blast. I can't believe we're already two hours in. Uh, doesn't feel like it at all. Um, so really appreciate it once again. You can find my stuff at Negron MMA on Twitter. Got another episode of the MMA archive dropping on Thursday. And listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to these names. Um, Carlos Newton. Dan Henderson, Chuck Liddell, all make their debut on the same card. That's UFC 17 and that's what I'm reviewing this Thursday. So check it out. Uh, You're not gonna gonna wanna miss that one. There's a lot of big fights. Mark Coleman is also fighting Pete Williams on that one. Uh, So just so many big names that are players in these divisions moving forward. So check that out. And you could also, well, most importantly, make sure you follow the brand at OTS Media Co. on all platforms, as well as OTS Media on YouTube. And just like that, we're all done. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate the love. And it's what keeps us going, right? All these little things that may be insignificant to you, uh, they mean a lot to your creators, right? So make sure you support the guys that you're listening to. And as always, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.
1: Peace.